the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. I uh, am really looking forward to this. It feels kind of like a Friday show, but uh, uh, it is, in fact, a Thursday. And um, recently I had a chance to see one of two versions of a documentary film about a fascinating character named Gary Davis who right after World War II, declared himself the first citizen of the world. The movie, uh, the documentary film is called The World is My Country, and I've been looking forward to talking about it with filmmaker Arthur Kanegas, who joins me by phone. Hi, Arthur. Welcome to the show. So glad to be on your show. It's so much fun to hear you singing and enjoying, uh, enjoying a good time with your audience as, you, as they learn. <laughs> uh, ex- well, exactly, and... Um, I, I think it's something uh, Gary Davis would approve of. <laughs> yes, he loved he loved using humor uh, and uh, humor to tell the truth in a way that was like shocking and 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 shook people up and uh, gave them a good time at the same time as uh, uh, entertaining them at the same time as opening their minds to whole new ways of looking at the world. <laughs> and and Arthur, did I say your last name right, Canegas? Uh, that's fine. Canegas, Canegas, I don't care. I'll, I'll take any of them. As Gary used to say, call me anything you want. Uh, just spell my last name right so you can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's K- K-A-N-E-G-I-S, uh, and uh, it's I don't care. Actually, various people in my family pronounce it one or the other way. <laughs> well, getting back to uh, Gary Davis, he started out as a song and dance man and then ended up during World War II uh, being a... Uh, a bomber pilot? Did I get that right? That's absolutely right. And, you know, 
he said, uh, I mean, he was he was proud to bomb Pinamunda, Hitler's heavy metal plant that was working to develop an atomic bomb. But when he was ordered to bomb a city full of civilians and his own brother was killed, and he said, why am I killing the other, these other people's families and, and, and brothers just because they're on the wrong side of some invisible line and blowing up people in their schools and homes and factories? I don't have anything against these people. I'm here to entertain people, not to blow them up. And he gets back from the war, and he not only sees the footage of the damage he did, but he sees the footage of Hiroshima. And he says, you know, what have I recalled to bomb Moscow in a war that would end life on Earth? This is crazy. I've got to do something. But what can I do? I'm just an actor. And so, and he was a relatively successful uh, song and dance man on Broadway. He even uh, uh, what uh, filled in for Danny Kaye on one occasion. Absolutely, and and the audiences were blown away. And here's this kid able to do Danny's rapid fire double talk numbers that were his signature act. You know, people just were were, were boggled their minds and. Uh, and yet here he was suddenly found himself in this awkward situation of of being part of the you know end of life here on earth which is a so what you know what he did uh he ended up going to paris and pulling off this grand act of political theater right in the you know the united nations was meeting then in paris they hadn't yet built the building on the east river in new york so uh he leaps up in the middle of the session and he says, the nations you represent divide us and lead us to the brink of total war. He said, he called on them to hold elections to elect the government of, by, and for the people of the planet. And he said, if you won't do it, step aside and the People's World Assembly will arise from our ranks to do it. <laughs> well, this, you know, this riveted war we in Europe. They were so sick and tired of the war. They were still digging out of the rubble. And, you know, uh, Albert Camus, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. Uh, uh, you know, uh, many famous French, all, all the top famous French writers and intellectuals joined him, as did 20,000 ordinary people rallying with him at the Velodrome, which was like the huge Madison Square Garden of, of Paris. And, and you know, that was December 9th, and they were demanding that the UN recognize the rights of humanity. The very next day, the Soviets, who had been adamantly objecting to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights as an intrusion on their internal sovereignty, they stepped aside, abstained, and let it get passed unanimously. And so that historic document is really the fundamental basis of evolving world law for our planet. And it was it was not just a stunt, but it became kind of a movement. He did not go back to Broadway and and pick up where he le- left off. He he really took on this this new challenge of of trying to awaken the world to the idea that we're all human beings. How did Gary's story end up on your radar, Arthur? Well, uh, the incredible thing is, I had actually uh, known Gary Davis for. A number of years, I actually known him for 25 years as a, uh, I knew him as the world passport guy, and he had these this vision of uh, of coming together as one world. But I never knew what incredible story he had until his son said, you know, I was working on on developing a movie that would take us into a positive future. You know, after, after having produced, uh, uh, well, after having produced War Without Winners with Paul Newman, that showed the devastating impact of nuclear war. And after having been the nuclear war researcher on the day after the film, you know, just about uh, yeah. so many people hit so many people. You may remember that film. Do you remember the day I, after? I do. 
what impact did it have on you? Well, it's it. The cloud alone has impact on anybody that has any feelings at all. Yeah, that film actually affected Ronald Reagan. He says in his memoirs that before he watched that, he was believing his 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 uh, generals when they were saying he could fight and win a nuclear war, and they were egging him on, you know. And and uh, he said after he saw that, he realized uh, you no way he could win a nuclear war, and that he had to start the strategic arms limitation talks with the Soviets, and he ended up, you know, as a sort of hawk. Uh, actually, being the person who made uh, some incredible advances in uh, uh, in, in cutting back on nuclear weapons, so uh, <laughs> he was uh, uh, moved by that movie, and he put that right in his memoirs. Credits it to that. So, in any case, uh, after I, I worked on that, and it gave me nuclear war nightmares, and then this other film in nuclear war, uh, I realized this could you know scare people and, and, and help a bit, but. It didn't help us build a, an alternative, a peaceful world. And I thought, what we need is a vision. You know, I was, I was actually meditating in Quaker meeting when I uh, realized that in my personal life, I'd long ago discovered that, you know, if I visualize something very clearly and I can picture it in my mind and I put my focus on that, I'm, I'm likely to move there. And yet here I was, I said, why am I making movies about what we don't want? You know, all, all the horrible <laughs> things that can happen. Right. Let's make movies about what we do want. And I was on this quest to uh, develop this. Uh, you know, actually, I had said that even to Paul Newman after we had uh, did the, the day after, and he, he and Joanne came into my office, and you know, uh, we're, we're pleased that we'd gotten such a big impact. So many people saw it, and he said, "Well, Canagus, what next?" And I told him, you know, well, I, I, I kind of had this, I, this, this. I was meditating, and came up with this vision that we should, you know, picture, produce movies that could show the kind of future we all want to move into, and. I said, why doesn't somebody in Hollywood make a, a positive a, a movie about a positive future? And and Paul said that, well, Arthur, I don't think anyone in Hollywood knows what that would look like. Why don't you do it? <laughs> and, and that was kind of a challenge that, that got me started. And I was working on this whole project we had developed and gotten some pretty good traction on it when, when uh, Gary's son, Troy, said, you know, if you want to make a movie about a positive future, you should, you should read my dad's book, My Country is the World. Well, I read that book and I was blown away. Every scene was so full of action and drama and and you know just incredible nerve uh, that this guy had. This, uh, this, this and humor and 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 love. I mean, there's so many things in that book that I ended up uh, uh, you know I, buying all the rights to Gary's movie story and developing uh, both the screenplay for a feature film and and uh, when that turned out to be too high a budget to to get funded uh you know it's a 55 million dollar film with all the bomber planes and stage numbers and so on so we did the documentary and just in the nick of time because we we finished it uh before gary passed away in 2013 he got to see the early rough cuts and to know his story would reach the world and uh, uh it, it was incredible to uh have him tell it firsthand on stage as an actor his incredibly moving story uh of the world of, of of how he became world citizen number one, and and dedicated his life to helping us all see that with that little click in our heads from thinking of ourselves as as citizens of separate nations to citizens of the world, we actually can handle and cure the major problems facing humanity. Why are there two versions? 
Well, the movie is actually an 83-minute theatrical release movie, but when we had an opportunity to show it on public television stations across the country, they required us to cut it down to 57 minutes for uh, the TV slot. Uh, so we do have a 57-minute version, which essentially uh, takes out all the the parts about uh, the impact on refugees and the way it's helped the uh, refugees to... Uh, uh, the way these world world documents, the world passports he put out when he created the world government of world citizens, the way those have helped people and helped, it takes out him giving world passports to all these famous people from Joan Baez to uh, uh, to, to Deepak Chopra and and uh, and and uh, Gene, Gene Houston and other people flashing their world passports. Um, we had to cut a lot of that out. Just go to just Gary's basic story. Uh, which is in there, but the longer version is sort of more exhilarating and sort of sets it more in a, a place in the world. But uh, both versions are worthwhile, and both could be watched by going to theworldismycountry.com, and uh, you'll see right at the top of the page where to watch. Yeah, I have to admit, I watched the 57-minute version, and now you've convinced me, Arthur, that I will go back and watch the full-length uh version because I, I really found the story compelling and entertaining at the same time. It, it you know, it, in a lot of ways it talks about some very serious things, but, but in a way, as you suggest, that seems um, somewhat hopeful and forward-moving. Yeah, let me give you an example of Gary's kind of sense of humor, and it's just incredible uh, the incredible gall this guy had. So, so here he is in Paris, and he's given up national citizenship, and he's been ordered to leave. Here he's on, he's on the doorsteps of the. So he so he, he he notices that the United Nations has been given the uh, keys to this to the city and given a the Palais de Salo as international territory for the duration of the UN and session. So he's supposed to be out by September 11th. That was another September 11th back in 1948. Uh, and so he rolls up his sleeping bag and goes to sleep on the steps of the Palais de Chalot where the UN meeting is, is, is opening in the morning. Well, this policeman comes along and says, you know, nudge, 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 wakes him up. Monsieur, you can't sleep here. Uh, it's against the law. And Gary says, well, here's my refuse de séjour, my document ordering me to leave France if uh, for me, it's illegal to go out there. And they, he says, what do you mean? You're, you're in Paris. Uh, and Gary says, yeah, Paris, but it's not French anymore. Didn't you see it was, it, it was assigned to be international territory? He said, if you push me back into France, you'll be guilty of importing an illegal alien, and you could go to jail. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute, i, I got to get some lawyers here. So he backs off, and all the press come thronging around him, and it just becomes world news all over about this... Uh, uh, this fellow who's offered himself to the United Nations as their first citizen. He says, hey, you've got this United Nations. You know, I'm your first citizen. I've given up any national citizenship. Uh, and, and he saw his, his, his U.S. citizenship as something very precious. But he said he, as an act of love for America, he had to raise his citizenship to that higher level, uh, not to suggest that anybody else should do that. He said we can be concentric citizens, citizens of our city or states or country or world. But because he had the flair for the dramatic and he knew that that was a way he could kind of shake up the world. So, Arthur, I hate to I hate to interrupt, but I have to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Oh, of course. I love talking with you. Great. We'll be right back.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We uh, continue my conversation about the documentary film, The World is My Country, from uh, filmmaker Arthur Canigas, who joins me by phone. And uh, Arthur, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, I'm fine. I enjoyed hearing it. just before the break, you were talking about how in Paris in 1948, December 9th, in fact, uh, I think it was, um, that uh, it had been a, a portion of the city that was going to host this world conference had declared itself independent of all other countries. It was, in fact... Well, no, it, it wasn't a portion of the city that declared itself. It was that the city, right in the film we show, the... Uh, the, the you know uh, the president of France presented the key to uh, the Palais de Chalot, which was the the, the big uh, palace where the where the where the UN was meeting. Presented the keys to that to the United Nations and officially declared it international territory for the duration of the session. Uh, so this is something France did. Is this part of our territory? This is international for the duration of the session. And and Gary Davis, the subject of the film. Um, picked up on that, and and uh, he had been asked to leave France. He, he basically was uh, persona non grata, and had he given up his? No, he hadn't given up his U.S. citizenship. Yes, had yes, he? he had given up. He had given up United States citizenship. He felt he said, as 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 precious as it is, I mean, they couldn't believe it at the embassy. You know, why why would anybody give up U.S. citizenship? Everybody's trying to get it, but. He said, you know, this is, this is an act of love for America. I have to raise my sovereignty to the higher level. I have to follow in the footsteps of our founders who raised their sovereignty from Virginia and Maryland and so on to the United States. They didn't stop being Marylanders but they, or Virginians, but they raised their primary loyalty to the, to the national level. Now we have to raise our primary loyalty to the global level. And he wanted to make an example of one person to, to do that and to show that one person could live above and beyond the uh, uh, the national borders that we've carved up our planet with. You know, he said, from my airplane, I mean, I couldn't even see these invisible lines, you know, where you go from France to Germany. I mean, what is it? It's just a, uh, it's a, it's a fiction. Uh, you know, cities are real. You can see the cities. But, you, you know, national boundaries, these are lines we've drawn on maps, and they've been moved all over the place, different times and places. And you'd be fighting, kill each other. You know, you you cross this invisible line, and you're dead. I mean, you know, it's crazy. And so he said, "We're all one planet." And and uh, so he decided to make himself only a citizen of the world. And you know that the the the, uh, uh, the clerk uh, Agnes, I guess her name was, said, "Yeah, well, there's no such thing as a world citizen." He said, "There is now." You know, <laughs> he had the audacity, you know, to create new things. So uh, uh, yeah, he, because he was an actor. He saw the world in a different way than other people, you know. Instead of seeing a, a dangerous, you know, borderline with all these officials and their and their the barbed wire and the uniforms, he saw that all as a set. You know, they want to intimidate me and get me playing into their game. So I'm 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 going to improv, join, draw them into my game. So he did the same thing at the embassy. You know, he he uh, he saw the world as a stage, like Shakespeare said, and that gave him great power to. Uh, uh, as 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 Martin Sheen says in the intro, he 
he left off the Broadway stage onto the world stage in 1948. And and uh, he, he told me that right to the very end, I could never done it if I hadn't been an actor and you know saw the world as a stage. I mean, here he was playing out this drama on the world stage, and now we can all get to enjoy it in this movie, theworldismycountry.com. <laughs> and the... Um would he have gotten the attention from the media that he got if it hadn't been for just the unusual circumstance that there was this patch of land that was declared uh, uh, not part of any country? Yep, yep, you're absolutely right. It was... uh you know, it was it was a four. It was both. A, it was his audacity and his and him as a person, but it was also you know meant to be. It was the times. And when you see this movie, you see how how perfectly it fit into the history of that time. And 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 of course, it was a very unique time. If if, if Europe hadn't been just coming out of the ruins of the World War Two, with you know over seventy million people killed, and you know with the incredible tragedy that had been around them, uh, he wouldn't have electrified audiences in the way he did. So. Uh, yes, it was both the times. It was that circumstance, and and all through the book, you see these incredible, uh, you know, seeming coincidences. But it's like the universe is conspiring to get the story out there for the world. It happened all as we were making the movie too. I mean, just incredible things clicking into place that you you never would have imagined. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a story a story for all of us in these times and and um, it came out of a unique experience that uh, we can now all enjoy. Well, and right on the heels of World War II, Arthur, it, 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 the whole planet was thinking more globally. Well, because, you know, I mean, how did Hitler, you know, get to murder, you know, so many people in the concentration camps? I mean, not just the six million Jews, but gypsies and, 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 and homosexuals and anybody, you know, they thought, didn't fit the perfect ideal. Well, it was actually because of uh, of war in this anarchistic global system. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Winston Churchill, one of the key architects and, and players in the war, says there never was a war easier to prevent by timely action, he says this right in our movie, than World War II. He said it could have pre- been prevented without a shot being fired. And he basically was saying that if, if the uh, League of Nations had gotten passed, which failed by one vote in the U.S. Senate, and we had that international law from the League of Nations, uh, we wouldn't have had World War II. We would have had a way of, you know, I mean, World War II came out of, instead of, see, what happens is one nation punishes another for what they do, and the other nations get angrier, and they want to punish you back and punish you back. If it, if it comes from law from all the nations, and you, you know, you have to accept there are certain penalties for things you do, but if it comes out of just one nation playing cops of the world, we see all over the world how that doesn't work. It just makes more and more people angry, more and more enemies. You know, the U.S. can't be, he loved America and he saw America couldn't be stuck in this role of cops of the world because it doesn't bring any gratitude. It, it doesn't get us anywhere. And it's it's so ten, you know, tenuous. I mean, the only real way to develop peace is to develop a, as we have in our society. He said, look, he looked around himself. He said, here in New York, every single group that's fighting and killing each other in wars around the world, they're living right here side by side. Do they all love each other? No, they, 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 but they live under law. You know, maybe there's even a crime. Someone might, might uh, shoot someone. They might even blow up a little bomb, but then if somebody doesn't retaliate and blow up a whole city block and they don't fight wars, they just handle it as a criminal justice matter. He said, you know, why can't we do that in the world? And, and President Truman says the same thing in the movie. He says, uh, 
you know, uh, in Kansas and Colorado, quarrel over the water in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the river. They don't fight a war over it. They take it to court and abide by the decision. And uh, he said, you know, really the key to peace in the world, and he later very much felt the key to climate change was to have world law and not top-down, oppressive, you know, uh, uh, the kind of world world government we have behind closed doors where, you know, there's no people involved. I mean, whoever got to elect or, 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 or have anything to do with picking somebody to be in the U.N., it's not, we're not, we don't have any way that the people are involved. And he said, we have to get the will of the people expressed at the global level, you know, like it says in the Declaration of Independence, the Universal Declaration, all the constitutions, we the people are the source of government. And he challenged us to invent new systems of ways we could govern our planet to save us from from doom. And and what started out as as what could be looked at or described as as basically a stunt um, because of Gary's instinct and and his ability to put himself in the spotlight. All of the attention that he got actually turned what, as I said, what, what could be described as a stunt into a movement. Absolutely. In fact, uh, right in the film, one of the uh, uh, United, one of the the, the uh, deputy undersecretary of the United Nations, Robert Mueller's widow, says that uh, you know Gary inspired him on his mission, and he said he felt that most of the leaders of the Europe, European Union uh, and, the, and the, that did bring down the borders in Europe were inspired by Gary. I mean, his whole action took place in Strasbourg where, the, uh, where he was stuck on the borderline between France and Germany for two months where, where they then became the seat of the European Parliament. And, you know, he helped spark people to think in a new way. And we saw that we, well, a, a, a nation that had been racked, I mean, not a nation, a, a continent that had been racked by... Um, Wars for you know uh, two major world wars and hundreds of years of wars, ever since that uh, that uh, the European Parliament was formed, uh, not a single European nation has fought a war with another European nation. They fought wars with other countries, <laughs> and they've had internal civil wars, uh, but they haven't fought each other because they had a system of law rather than than war. And you know, I think he really has a key thing we've got to think about: is how do we, the people, create law? For a planet that can save us from, I mean, look at this climate change stuff. How does one nation control it? The, the companies say, well, we'll just move somewhere else if you control our pollution or or, or try to tax us for the environmental damage. Uh, but if it's world law, then these problems become eminently solvable. And and so he challenged us to be, as an event, to be the, the James Madisons and Dolly, Dolly Madisons of a of a new way of governing our world that comes from right from we the people, not mob rule, not one side versus the other, but bringing out the highest and best wisdom of each individual. And and he had this whole intricate system he helped develop with Bucky Fuller disciples for how we'd have a synergistic system that would bring out the best uh, of everybody rather than the worst. And Gary Davis became Citizen One, but there were... Um, Lots of people signed up for this or received passports from Gary. Yes, the the World Service Authority, which still goes on in Washington D.C., has issued over uh, over uh, four million uh, world passports, 
IDs, documents, uh, birth certificates, all based, all mandated, really, by chapters of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. For instance, Article 13, too, says it is the right of each person to leave any country and return to their own. Uh, Well, that was the basis for the World Task Force. And it says right in that Universal Declaration that it's supposed to be enforced not just by governments, but by every individual and every organ of society. So we all have the responsibility to enforce that uh, that world law, really, and to begin to evolve a way of substituting war for uh, law for war. Has uh, the passport ever been used for passage from one country to another? Actually, uh, if you if you go to our website, the world is my country, and click on World Passport, you'll see a link to there to the World Service Authority where. You'll see that uh, actually visas have been uh, visas in, uh, entry and exit stamps and so on have been passed uh, have stamped in it by uh, by 188 and of uh, nations and there's 193 in the UN so that's over over 95 percent of all the nations in the world have stamped it at one time or another but it's not consistent and since 9/11 it's gotten much more difficult to use it as a travel document but it is used as an ID document by you know, there's over 50 million stateless people in the world, and you know they can't even get their kids into school or to get medical care or get uh, get a rent a place without identification. So uh, this becomes an identity document for many people, many stateless people, or people who just want to get a world passport to identify as a citizen of the world. You know, have something tangible you can feel and and hold and say, hey, this shows I'm a world citizen. You know, so many people just get that to add to the at the top level, one more passport that they can take along as they uh, uh, as they travel through life. Are, are are is there an effort going on to get more nationless people uh, passports? Uh, well, the World Service Authority is actually a very small. Uh, you know, it's a it's a nonprofit in, uh, yeah. in the law under the laws of DC. And they don't have an advertising budget or much promotion, so uh, they're just doing what they can to cope with the applications for passports they do get, and people can apply and join in. And, and actually, and you you can buy a uh, you can uh, uh, it's not about buying; it's an issuing fee. You know, for passports, you don't buy them, but you have an issuing fee. And the issuing fee, if you choose to choose a donor passport, you pay a higher fee, but it also then provides free passports to stateless refugees. So they can use it to get out of impossible kind of circumstances. So in the longer version of the film, you'll see a lot more about uh, the ways that it's helped these uh, stateless refugees. And if you come to our podcast, every week we have a podcast called The People-Powered Planet, and we talk about uh, positive ways we the people can get together to, to save our world. And the one of the early podcasts down there at the bottom of the page, they're all replayed there, is by David Gallup head of the World Service Authority, and you can find out so much more in the podcast in which he talks about uh, the uses of this world passport. So, yes, uh, it is. Uh, it, it has been uh, recognized in many places, but it's also uh, we also have a section in the longer movie how most deaf, uh, also known as uh, Yasin Bey, how uh, he was using it to try to travel from South Africa and actually ended up getting detained. And So people can be detained. Uh, it's not an easy travel document. But it can be a way of uh, uh, claiming your rights under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. 
The movie, uh, the documentary about Gary Davis is The World is My Country. I'm talking with uh, filmmaker Arthur Canigas. Arthur, what has... Uh, what kind of reactions have you gotten from the film so far? Oh my gosh, it's it's really incredible. What we uh, if you go to again to that the world is my country dot com and then put forward slash applause, uh, you'll see that when we had the uh, when we had the world premiere uh, at the Minneapolis International Film Festival, we got a standing ovation. We packed three theaters. They had to they had to have three different showings to show it. We had. Very enthusiastic uh, reactions. You'll also see on that page uh, the link to to the comments. We have a survey people can do after they watch the film, and I hope hope since you watch the film, you'll do the survey too. And you'll see that the survey responses over ninety five percent were top rated, and people gave really glowing glowing uh, reviews of how it's touched their lives and affected them. So uh, it's uh, yeah, it's gotten excellent uh, reception. Uh, we've been on. We had Martin Sheen on uh, Extra TV and MSNBC promoting it. Just this week, we were on the Tom Sumner show. Uh, you can see all that. Uh, well, your show, yes, we're on Tom Sumner. But Martin, Martin and I were were both on the Tom Hartman show. Right? I noticed in your plug, you've got you got the Tom part right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I've, got, I've been on two. I've been on two Tom shows this week. One, uh, your Tom, and the other, uh, Tom Hartman. Well, Tom and, Hartman uh, has so been on one. this show several times great yeah so we got we got the best of the toms we got the tom tom <laughs> so but anyway martin on that show if you watch the replay of that if you go to the world is my country dot com uh and then forward slash talks you'll see um uh, you'll see uh martin's wonderful uh, talk there about and he talked about this wonderful book gary has my country is the world and how it ought to be a series so uh, we'll see what we can do on that how did you get martin sheen involved uh, well, it wasn't easy. Uh, uh, all the agents and managers said he's not interested. No, these, these famous people all have to have a, a coterie of people around them to protect them from everybody in the world wants to he wants to bug them, man. And so, so rightfully, they got a lot of protection. But uh, a friend shared it to his wife. Uh, he he called me up. My wife and I were in bed. You know, eleven thirty at night. We, my, my wife says, "Who the heck could be calling at this time?" Martin Sheen here. I loved your movie. Uh, I fell in love with Gary when he, when he could have power and he refused to have it. I, what can I do to help you? So he's been a good friend and very helpful. Uh, you know, did the uh, uh, did the promo, for, uh, the intro to Gary in the film for scale. You know, just to uh, uh, as a donation, really. Uh, and uh, he's uh, been you know promoting it on public television. It's been on uh, PBS affiliates coast to coast, and he did little promo spots for us that were on PBS. So. He's been a wonderful friend and really feels very dedicated to uh, uh, Gary's wonderful message for the world right now. Well, I I, uh, I have to admit that uh, that it it worked definitely in your favor, Arthur. I'm a, I'm a huge Martin Sheen fan and a huge fan of The West Wing. And when I found out he was involved in this project, it it piqued my interest and in, in, uh, is one of the reasons why I wanted to see the film. And, um, and then when I saw the film, of course, I fell in love with the whole project. Great. Oh, that is so heartwarming and wonderful. Yes, uh, West Wing you know, elevates us all to think about, you know, uh, uh, to think about how we can have better national leaders who really 
and then you get to see the inside story. It really is a wonderful was a wonderful is a a wonderful program, and this new one as uh, well. The one they're doing the final season of the Frankie and Gracie, uh, uh, Gracie and Frankie. That's really uh, also very fun. I mean, he's got been in a lot of good movies, and he's got another movie out, uh, Twelve Angry uh, uh, Orphans, and uh, uh, that was just so many so much good stuff. Well, he's tremendous. I've always wanted to uh, talk to him and interview him. A friend of mine uh, ran into him uh, in, a, in a very unusual circumstance in Washington, D.C., um, doing something on behalf of homeless people there. And yes, he's very dedicated to that, too. Anyway, um, Arthur, it's uh, it's been a real delight talking with you. And like I said, I, I absolutely fell in love with the... Uh, with the film and that now i have to see the longer version and if there are any director's cuts be be sure and send me a link um but uh arthur i always give guests an opportunity to to find out more about what we've been talking about obviously the movie is a great place to start and you have uh very appropriately uh dropped the um website several times the world is my country dot com uh, forward slash movie if you want to go right to it um but um is there a well, website they, they, they shouldn't use the uh, the forward slash movie they should just click right on the home page of the world is my country dot com they'll see uh, a link right there that says uh how to watch it and you just go right there the world is my country dot com arthur do you have a website where people can find out more about you and your work past present and future uh, well, you can go to uh, futurewave.org, which is uh, our nonprofit 501c3, uh, futurewave, uh, all one word, dot .org. Uh, and uh, you can Google, Google me, look me up on IMDb. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, then my life dedication has been uh, helping open the doors to peace. Ever since I was uh, three years old, I said to my dad, Daddy, why don't they take all the guns and melt them down and turn them into doorknobs? And ever since I've been, <laughs> how do we open it? How do we open the door to doors to peace? <laughs> Make more doorknobs. I like I like that, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur, thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning and uh, for your work on this film. It is uh, right. It, it is quite inspiring. And I enjoyed your song. I look forward to hearing your, your, your song about world citizenship or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care, Arthur. All right. So very good. Good in talking to you. We'll talk, talk another time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Filmmaker Arthur Kanigas, uh and the movie uh, about Gary Davis is The World is My Country. Da- uh, Gary Davis, of course, uh, Citizen One in a new uh, uh, kind of movement to become citizens of the world and uh, with that if you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM in Flint our voices radio WFOV is a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And uh, then we'll return with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I, I said this at the, at the top of the show, that this was one of those shows that was going to go flying by, and it certainly has with uh, Arthur Canagas uh, 
and um, a little earlier Kathy Reichs and uh, it's just uh, well we'll be back hey <laughs> this is the unknown comic and guess what you're listening to the Tom Sumner show right now and now and now too and even now our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19 when a vaccine becomes available it's critical that all of us get it What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are indeed honored to have with us tonight one of Hollywood's foremost columnists, Mr. Hollywood himself, Jose Jimenez. Thank you. Thank you and greetings to you from Hollywood. Here are some of my exclusives. Hollywood restaurateur, Prince Seymour Napkin, has just opened up a posh new eatery right next to his restaurant. <laughs> Jack Tinsel and Harry Facade have joined forces and have formed a new production company called Jack and Harry Productions. <laughs> and it's right next to their restaurant. <laughs> There's always hope, department. Young actor Skippy Wilson, who started out 12 years ago as an usher at the Pantages Theater, just got his old job back. How about that, sir? But only part-time. Greer Dempsey's divorce suit is finally settled, and she tells me she's delighted to learn that she gets custody of the money. But he gets visiting privileges. Hollywood's newest twosome are Frank Newsom and Helen Dusom. <laughs> Here is a real exclusive. Rod LaRue has been asked to come out of retirement and go back to work in pictures by his wife, <laughs> who says they're broke and he wants to go out and... Chester Moses has been signed to appear in a starring role in the new biblical film, The Charlton Heston Story. <laughs> Here's a note to an MGM. Thanks, MGM, for your generous contribution to the home for aged actors. You gave us what we needed most. 1,876 aged actors. <laughs> elopement of aging director Boris Klein and the young starlet Lydia Stilwell, people up and down Sunset Boulevard are asking the same question. Who cares? <laughs> now I know some of you people out there would be just 
thrilled to learn the inside of what's happening around Jollywood. So if you have any questions, yes. How can I get into the newspaper business? Do you own a bicycle, sir? <laughs> yes. I've heard that a lot of Hollywood stars are afraid of you. <laughs> you tell whoever told you that that I will break them. Is it true that Hollywood columnists are freeloaders? <laughs> Why don't you have me out for lunch later? <laughs> and we'll... Yes, young lady. Jose, what do you think the next big Hollywood divorce will be? Have you been home recently, dear? <laughs> Came here right from work, didn't you? <laughs> well, surprise. Yes, any other questions? Is it, is it true that most Hollywood stars pay as much as $25 for a haircut? I'll tell you that later, Mr. Brenner. <laughs> Jose, as a, as a Latin, what do you think of canting class? I do it. <laughs> secret way of getting them. I read Luella Parsons. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
That wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to all of my guests for making the time go flying by with such interesting conversations, uh, beginning with this past hour with uh, filmmaker Arthur Kanigas, uh, who uh, his documentary talks about the life of Gary Davis, uh, or World Citizen One. His documentary film is called The World is My Country. Before that, talking with the inspiration uh, behind the TV series Bones is the uh, uh, forensic anthropologist and author Kathy Rikes, who uh, has just released the 20th novel in the best-selling Temperance Brennan series, The Bone Code, and then the remarkable life and insp- inspiring uh, philosophy of coach Joe I. V. Hill. Uh, Chasing Excellence by Pat Malgaris. And, uh, boy, I just I can't believe how fast it's gone by, but I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.